0: to the Gamer's Den. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan.
1: Hello. We need to stop recording podcasts before we record a podcast.
0: I know. See, the thing is, we get on these calls and we haven't talked in a week, and then we spend all of our podcast recording time doing like Best friend catch-up time. So, you know, it just, sometimes we just, we need that little bit of a gab session. But yeah, I mean, I think that maybe this one was a little bit long. (laughs) Not to peek behind the curtain for you guys too much. But yeah, it was definitely a podcast and a half before starting our podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're all sufficiently
1: warmed up. And uh, (laughs) we've even got next week planned. So, like, I guess it was technically also, like, planning Oh, yeah. Total
0: planning session. Yep.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super excited about next week and uh, no spoilers (laughs) or you know what? Maybe a little bit of spoilers, guys. I'm not going to talk about it too much today, uh, but I did play some Sea Sea of Thieves to get back into it in anticipation of the patch that launched today. So if you're living under a rock and you've somehow missed it, the new Sea of Thieves patch launched in It is the Pirates of the Caribbean meets Sea of Thieves uh, crossover expansion extravaganza. Apparently, there is like eight hours worth of story content to play through. It's all free if you have Game Pass and or if you've purchased Sea of Thieves on Steam or whatever. It's a free content update. uh, So if you haven't checked it out, I'm going to be checking it out over the next uh, week or so because you never jump into day one. Like that's just act. Just asking for problems, right? Like especially when you've got a content update that's going to be as popular as Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, yeah, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole on day one. So I'll be talking about that next week. Um, but Ryan, you're you're thinking about maybe dipping a toe in the sea as well? Yeah, you know I like
1: Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know if, if that if that's uncool now or or it's back to being cool to like Pirates of the Caribbean. You know what's
0: cool, Ryan? Hmm. Liking what you like is cool.
1: That's true. You are you are absolutely correct. Although Jocelyn, just to, you know, not to be technical here, there was a point in which they were churning out those movies and I think there was really a stage where it was probably uncool to like Pirates of the Caribbean or am I wrong? Is it still applied? You know,
0: I guess, I mean, I'm a big fan of Pirates of the Caribbean. I liked it. I thought it was really fun, even when they were churning out, like, one movie a year or whatever ridiculous pace it was. (laughs) There are maybe, in total, like... In any franchise, there's going to be the really good ones, and then there's going to be the Thor Dark Worlds, and that's just part of being a big franchise.
1: (laughs) Hey, and you know what? Thor Dark World gets so many name drops these days, like plot drops (laughs) in the MCU, so maybe this next pirate film is just going to be like, On Stranger Tides, all the shit that happened in that movie makes, it's just, it makes so much, it's so important to the lore of, uh of the world. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember there was a, there was one of the pirates movies where Johnny Depp was like talking to a crab and Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I oh, think that okay. is that World's End. I don't remember like you said there's a lot of them. I think that was the end uh, of the trilogy.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was not <laughs> it was not a graceful landing. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> Which is actually kind of interesting because I think that's where they're kind of drawing their parallels between pirates of the caribbean and the sea of thieves is they're they're looking at this kind of like um pirate life being eternal like uh, the Davy Jones themes and things and and just kind of like pirate deaths and and where they go and the fact that like in sea of thieves when you die in sea of thieves you go to the ferry and then you wait there to respawn sort of thing and then you start your pirate adventure again and they i think they're taking that like those death themes between the two franchises and using that as the bridge. So it's like the Pirates of the Caribbean characters are like showing up on our ferry sort of thing and coming into our world like they've done some really cool things to tie the universes together. So I'm really excited to see how exactly they've done that. And uh, yeah, I think it sounds really cool and I really can't wait. So I'm super glad that you're stoked about it too and thinking about diving into it with me. Um, so yeah, that's your little preview of what's happening next week. But Ryan, what have you been playing this week that we could talk about?
1: Well, uh, speaking of previews, there was a, a couple of demo events that were running as part of E3. Unfortunately, as of this recording, by the time you hear this, they're probably going to be over. However, what I will say is... Uh, <laughs> listen to these words and then at the end of the segment be like i want to play those games so i'm going to add them to my wish list because that is a very important thing you can do for indie devs is to add those games to your steam wish lists or xbox wish lists and uh so i played a bunch of these demos but i'm um i talked about some of them on the patreon mini because they weren't as uh they were just they they weren't as great as these two (laughs) they
0: were mini themselves
1: (laughs) yeah they were they were tastes right and um maybe they didn't quite agree with with my tastes, But uh, you can listen to that, uh, patreon.com slash thegamersin. But the one I want to talk about tonight uh, as part of the Summer Game Fest demo on Xbox was Tunic. Um, and this game has popped up a lot over the years. It's being made by, I think, one dude in Toronto, I think, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong on that front. That doesn't matter. What matters is, is that <laughs> Tunic is this, uh, it's very much based on the old school uh, 2D Zelda games. So it's got that, like, top-down, isometric uh, look where you are controlling uh, a little fox in a tunic. And uh, it's very, the art style is very, very neat. Um, It's sort of, if you remember Link's Awakening that got remade on Switch, it kind of feels like that. Sort of that, like, hyper toy realistic look where like everything kind of feels it's polygonal but it like it has this sheen to it that kind of makes you think like oh this is a it feels like you're playing with a with a toy set like a specific type of toy set and um, so
0: kind of like stuff's like made of plastic yeah feel
1: like a plasticky feel but it like it all feels very organic in the way you're like walking through um the 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 long grass or you're cutting down a bush like it feels like you're you're really cutting down this tree in this like uh this cartoon world and it starts off where you're just you're on a beach as you do in in zelda likes and uh you wake up on this beach and then you're you're sort of you don't have a weapon the first thing you find is a stick that acts as your first weapon and then as you progress through this demo world Um, You're finding your sword, you're finding your shield, and that allows you to kind of, you know, cut down more trees, access more paths. And Jocelyn, stay with me here. I'm going to mention something that you and I both don't like. Um... Does your
0: stick break?
1: (laughs) No, your stick is intact. No problems (laughs) there.
0: That's where I thought you were going (laughs) to go. It's like, okay, the other Zelda thing it does is your weapons break, but stay with me. No, stay with me (laughs) here. Dark oh, I'm Souls. He, I'm here. Oh, <laughs> actually, I, you know, I groan, but I kid because as much as I still don't have any desire to play the Dark Souls games themselves, I am slowly coming around on punishing combat. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, I have played some implementations of very punishing combat lately in some of the things that I've been trying. And it hasn't put me off in the way that Dark Souls did originally. Now, I don't know if I'm maturing as a gamer or if they're implementing it better as developers. I don't know what's going on. But I'm slowly coming around, Ryan. I'm coming around. (laughs)
1: Okay. Well, I think Tunic will be right up your alley. Because when I say it has, you know, um, Dark Souls mechanics, really what's happening is uh, there are these bonfire type areas. So in Dark Souls, you have the bonfires, which are essentially checkpoints. Um, in this game, you're sort of lighting torches at like fox statues. And when you do that, that sets a checkpoint. And when you die, um, your backpack drops. So basically the resources you've collected drop and then you get spawned back at the uh, the fox statue. And um, you can, you know, on, there's a little waypoint on your map. You can go back and collect your resources because this is a demo Really, nothing mattered. Like if I if I lost all my resources, it wasn't a big deal because mm-hmm. I wasn't going to use those resources. Um, but it gives you an idea of the mechanic that you're going to be that is going to be present in the final game. Um, also, like Dark Souls, it's kind of a mix. Like the combat is a mix between traditional Zelda, two D Zelda, and sort of a Dark Souls system where. You are dodging. There's a uh, energy meter, so every time you dodge, that goes down. Every time you swing your sword, that goes down. Every time you block, and so on and so forth. So, as you're moving through the game, uh, you're learning the movements and mechanics of each enemy, and you're trying to take them out uh, without losing health, because when you lose health, there are no hearts. Like in Zelda, you are uh, finding potions, health potions, and those sort of act as like items. So you find one health potion that allows you to replenish a certain amount of health. Uh, and then when you die, it all resets and you try again to to fight the boss and everything respawns, it resets everything. So it's one of those mixtures of like that 2D Zelda with the dungeons and um, the puzzles, but also mixed with Dark Souls, whereas you're going through the dungeons, you're unlocking these shortcuts to basically say like, okay, I made made it through a, a good portion of this dungeon. I clearly see here that if I push this switch, a little bridge is going to fly out. Now I don't have to go through that whole dungeon. I can just skip through the bridge if I die. So little things like that, like in Dark Souls, that is super satisfying when you're like, okay, I, I did all this to get to that shortcut. Now if I die, it's not as big a deal. I can kind of skip all that, you know, winding road and just head straight for the, uh, the midway point. So like... It has all those feels. I think where I struggled with it a little bit is I didn't have my shield. Like it wasn't very telegraphed that like you should probably have your shield before you try to engage with one of the mini bosses because mm-hmm. uh, I did get my tunic handed to me um, <laughs> by a couple of the mini bosses when I didn't have my shield, but that was more my fault than the game's fault. Um but yeah, I cannot wait for this game to launch. Uh, it feels like it's been in development for a very long time, um, but I could see it launching in 2022. And uh, if you can get your hands on the demo or if you have tried it, I think you know that there's something special here. It kind of reminds me of um, sort of when Fez came out. It was like this... Oh, okay. You know, indie darling Man, of that like... It
0: was such a good game. Yeah. I yeah. have very fond Fez memories. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I feel like it, you know it's not similar in gameplay, but similar in feel to no, how it will in, be received. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. I I think uh, you know if you have your Xbox, you could probably even go check it out. Like after we record, like it, the demo should still be live. I, I don't know when it's when it's scheduled to be removed, which is kind of I get it. Like I get like eventually these things probably need to be taken down so that they can you go back to m- making the game, but. Um, a week is such a small amount of time for you to put up. I think they put up like maybe a hundred games across both of these festivals. Oh, like steam wow. is just like, yeah, I don't even know how many they put up, but Xbox, I think was like 50 at least. Like who has the, the t- I who only had time, the time to, check to a four. do all
0: those demos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, uh, Tunic was definitely the highlight for me and I think it was the highlight in the marketing for, uh, for Xbox as well. So yeah. If you are a fan of 2D Zelda and you're okay with l- getting a little Dark Souls in there, um, <laughs> you'll probably like this one too. So definitely check it out. Uh, I think you'd really like it, Jocelyn just just based on the fact that there's a lot of sort of nostalgia there for the 2D Zelda in the, in these developers, and uh, it really shines. Like it feels like feels like Nintendo should have been all over this one and be like, let's lock this down for the Switch or something because it feels very yeah. close. <laughs> To that experience
0: so you said you you played four things all together so tunic and then what else
1: yeah I can mention them I played uh I played sable which was uh on the xbox and it's 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 it was not my jam like it, it was um I think you play as a character sort of a coming of age thing where you're in a desert and you're trying to leave home and I think it glitched out after, like, I found a bike. So yeah. you find this, like, uh, this desert bike.
0: It didn't... So you finally get to move a little bit faster. And then the demo was like, wah, yeah. no bike for you. <laughs>
1: I, I got the bike and then I got off it and the guy wouldn't talk to me. And I'm like, oh, so I guess this is it.
0: <laughs> I don't talk to bike people. <laughs> he <laughs> gave me the bike. Here with my feet, people. <laughs> he gave me the bike.
1: He's like, congratulations, you get to leave now. Um you know don't forget about us and then he wouldn't talk to me I'm like ah, what's going on <laughs> and then another one I played was uh which I actually did like was death trap dungeon and it's this full motion video uh game very high fantasy it kind of reminded me of um sort of lord of the rings with the you know as they're in helms deep and and the orcs are kind of running around so it's kind of like that where you're 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 uh uh like this female rogue and she's running around and she's interacting with different characters and like it's all it's like watching a movie except there'll be these choices that pop up every once in a while and it didn't it felt more like a proof of concept that it was really high uh, production value but um the choices so kind of
0: like oh what was that one that oh i played a couple of years ago now ah, oh, it's telling lies like yeah. kind of like that it where felt I mean, obviously, like it was more like you were kind of eavesdropping on conversations, or like, but you were just kind of sitting there watching videos, and then it was like, okay, now what do you want to do? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it, but in this case, it was like you're watching a movie, and then it would kind of pause, and it was always continuous, and it would kind of pause a oh, little bit,
0: like that. Um, oh, like what Netflix did. That. Yes. Um. Oh, I can't remember the name of it now, but that uh, that kind of experiment that they did with their interactive tv show thing
1: yeah it was um it was uh, the black mirror i forget what it was called i never ended up getting a chance to watch it but it's very similar to that where like a choice will pop up and you can.
0: <laughs> I love how you're like. I never ever watched it, but it's very similar to that. Well, I
1: remember hearing about it. I remember seeing it. And I just yeah, never did yeah. it, and it was. Uh, it's a choose it's your like adventure. basically
0: like choose, yeah, choose your own adventure TV. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So it was very much like that, and I and I I think it was just uh, they had literally prepared like a slice of the overall story, um, and I think because the production values were so high, uh, it kind of it kind of worked really well. And 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 played really great, but it was just it was super short, and the concept was very like, this is this is kind of just you know a a smaller version of Lord of the Rings as as this character's trying to survive <laughs> through this dungeon, and uh, they're fighting sort of, um, you know orcs and stuff. So it was it was very basic. And what but was it, that called again? That was a Death Trap Dungeon, and mm. I think it's also on Steam. And the other one I played was Lake, and I didn't get very far because it was like you go to this small town. Uh, I think you're covering for your father, who's a postal worker. So he's finally gone on vacation. You basically like swapped. He's like well, you go to Florida for two weeks. I'll go do your job because he's never missed a day. So essentially, it's Isn't you.
0: is that how Stardew Valley starts?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think your yeah your didn't parents. Did somebody leave you like home? go
0: on vacation or something? Or I can't remember. Maybe I'm maybe I'm confusing it with something else, but I can't. Remember. I feel like I've heard this story before. Doesn't
1: the grandfather give you <laughs> the cottage? Not necessarily
0: specifically, maybe not necessarily like postal worker specifically, but <laughs> I, I feel like I've heard this story before. <laughs> well,
1: it's a tale as old as time, right? Um, yeah. And I, I didn't get far enough because a lot of people were com- you know sort of comparing it to a mix between Crazy Taxi and Life is Strange. I never got to the life is strange part because essentially it was like, and I, I will fully admit I did not give this one as much time as I did the others. Um, so maybe I left before it got really interesting, but essentially it was like, you're a mail carrier and you're just driving and you're doing your routes. And the first route I got to was like a parcel. So you have to go to the back of the the van and like find the right parcel for the right address. And I, you walk it in, you deliver it and start talking to the lady. And, and she's like, oh, you're a new face. It's like, well, I actually grew up here 20 years ago uh, and I just come back for a little bit, just staying for a couple of weeks. It's like, oh, so you're you're leaving. Ah, I said that too. And look at me now, I'm running the general store. And I'm like, yeah, this is not for me. <laughs> like it, it kind of <laughs> felt like- um, You
0: don't find a uh, lady running general store to be compelling storytelling?
1: It felt very, um, I don't know. It just felt like, you know, it didn't feel like my kind of story at, at like- At that stage, like I felt like if if it was going to be me talking to all these, you know, sort of boring uh, people running this town Town
0: kind of people. Yeah,
1: it didn't it didn't really grab me. And uh, maybe maybe the next parcel I deliver was like, you know, it was going to be a more interesting character because I I think these type of narrative experiences, it comes down to the characters. And if your first character you come across in your mail delivery game is this like super boring store clerk. It's not your best foot forward, and and again, it was a demo. That that game is actually coming out in August. So, so a lot of these games, like some are coming out like no release date, others are coming, you know, in the next couple months. Very soon, yeah. So there was a lot of uh, a lot of games to choose from. Those were the four that kind of jumped to the top of the list when it came to summer game fest. Um, I did not get a chance to check out a lot on Steam Next Fest, but I did play one that was actually. Uh, brought to my attention by uh, Jimmy in our discord and he's playing it. It's and then this is another one you'd probably enjoy, Jocelyn. It's called Terra Nil. And essentially, you are left with this it's a you're left with this wasteland and it's a simulation game where you are bringing life back to the world. It's essentially like a barren hey. wasteland and nuke has gone off or something. And um you are you are sort of bringing life back to the planet by starting with, you know, you're putting a windmill down and then you're connecting generator type things that like bring, you know, leaves back and kind of brings greenery back. And then, you know, you try to cover as much of the area as possible with like greenery and water and there's all these little tools that you get and your resource is greenery, basically. So you, as you bring more life back to the world, you're able to build more more items that continue to bring more life back to the world. And it's this balancing system where there's some give and take. So you need to place the windmills on raised stone and you can create raised stone, but that will like ruin tiles sort of around that sort of unit you build. And Mm -hmm. uh, the, essentially the first target is just to cover a, 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 a high percentage of the wasteland with greenery. Then from there you have to biodiversify that you get, a, you unlock a second tier of buildings and that allows you to, um, biodiversify in three different sectors. Um, I'll boil it down very simply to like, I think one was like bees. So you put bees down and it creates this like more flowery area. Then you can, I um, do
0: like bees.
1: <laughs> bees are pretty I do, good. Like, I
0: mean, About like unlocking tiers of things and building and repopulating the earth with nature, basically. And I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah. (laughs) Like, tick, 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 all my boxes, let's go.
1: (laughs) And again, this one is you should download it on Steam. And I mean, if this demo event allows you
0: to-opening Steam right now to do this,
1: (laughs) it, it is and it is a very simple experience. There is one level, but it is a complete level. Um, and again, like there are these tiers that you unlock. So basically the idea is, is to rejuvenate this wasteland, then remove all of your, you know, man-made buildings and leave the planet. And essentially that is the gameplay goal that you're, you're having here. So the first stage is to build the greenery. The second stage is to buy bio, biodiversify. Um, and that is building upon the stuff you laid down in the first phase. And then mm-hmm. the third phase is basically like, get out of there and don't leave a trace. So you are, um, you're laying, and I didn't know this, I only managed to play through once, you're laying down like sort of your airship that you're building and you're using these waterways to have a drone go around and collect resource nodes. You lay down these buildings that sort of collect all the buildings within a radius, like basically tear them up and you use them to build the airship to to fly, fly away or fly home. I don't know. Like there's no real campaign. It's just like (laughs) mechanics, I guess at this stage. And, but it is really cool. And it is so pretty. Like it's beautiful as you're like sort of, and it's so satisfying to see the way, like it turns from wasteland to like greenery. And uh, yeah, it's just such a great experience. Honestly, if, if, uh, if it's still available for folks, check out Terra Nell because I think it's, it's probably the most simplest but most satisfying sort of demos. And for once, you're not tearing things apart, you're rebuilding. I guess at the end, you're tearing buildings mm. apart, but it, it, it's all really good stuff. So uh, highly recommend Terra Nil if you have like 15 minutes to check out a demo. Um, and that is on Steam Next Fest. And uh, I don't know when that game's coming out, but I can't wait for it to come out because it is. I, I, I want to see how they build upon this mechanic. Like they've got a good sort of like initial workflow but i could see them having more fun with it by introducing new tools and um more obstacles for you to kind of try to work your way around to to bring life back to this world so yeah i recommend it for sure if you're looking for a really simple uh, but highly you know uh, satisfying sort of simulation game uh, i think you'd really dig it it's uh it's really cool but, uh, I'm I'm yeah.
0: always looking for stuff like that. I'm like I'm also really I'm looking forward to getting into Below Zero for um, Subnautica Below Zero because uh, the first part of the game or the first game was so good, um, and yeah, this it just it all sounds very kind of similar. Is like I I just seem to be in that headspace right now where I'm like yes, please do like give me a tech tree, put me in a place that doesn't have anything and not quite necessarily survival survival, but just like, give me a job to do in a place that doesn't have stuff. I will build things up and it will be glorious.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll really like this. I'm in a
0: build and fix stage right now, I think. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. And again, like understanding the workflow for Terra Nil, I think makes it a lot more interesting so I can see myself like going back and being like, okay, like now that I know sort of how the game flow works, I can go back and rem- and kind of plan, you know, your building structures so that, mm-hmm. y- you know, they're all within, you know, um, the radius of a canal so that my drone can go pick up the shit I'm laying down on this planet I'm trying to revive, you know, so... I failed. Uh, you you can fail in that f- third phase if you don't have enough resources to collect the stuff you've left on the planet. Because the idea is to collect 100% of the buildings that you laid down. To right. Rejuvenate. Leave
0: no trace kind of deal.
1: Yeah. So I ended up um, not having enough resources to collect all my buildings. I think I got to 90%. But with a little bit of planning, uh, you can probably do it no problem because it's just you know not knowing and having like a building in the far corner of the map with no canal built, and there are ways mm-hmm. to build canals. Um, there are there are sort of buildings you can put in that basically shoot like a mining rocket and and you know dig a, a trench <laughs> in a, in a straight line, and then you can fill that trench with water using another building. So everything's a trade off. Like you are gaining resources for bringing green to this this world, but you are spending that greenery to uh to further your quest. So there can be times where mm-hmm. you're not bringing in enough to 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 make progress. Um and there's a bunch of numbers and stuff so you know me laying this building is not going to get me a net effect of resources like I'm spending more and getting not enough back. So like it's got all that like there's no trickery. Um and there's no at least in this demo there's no like there's no hazards. There's nothing coming at you to stop you from your quest. It's really just a matter of like, can you do it with your planning? And I was unable to do it with my planning. <laughs> so <laughs> I failed in. That's
0: okay. I'm a good planner, so yeah. I'm sure I'll make it through level one. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, you'll be fine. And I think you'll really dig it. So as soon as we're done here, you should play it. I don't know if these are like time locked or anything. So I'll feel really bad if you don't get to check it out. But Terra Nil, certainly worth putting on your Steam wishlist. For when it comes out down the road.
0: Oh, it's already on there. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about before we talk about news?
1: Uh, well, I, you know what? I I will say this: I did pick up Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time sort of chatting about it tonight because uh, uh, I will say this: like I've all I think I'm getting near the end, and uh, which is sad because it's such a great game. Um, but it's also like ninety bucks. Like this is this is sort of the thing mm-hmm. where with the PlayStation games, PlayStation 5, they are more expensive games. They've they've increased their first party prices to to be $90 Canadian, which I realize is is a is a big investment. And I mean, yeah, you might be saying like, well that's only $10 more, but like, you know, it $80 was a lot and still is a lot to kind of look at as a price tag and be like, am I gonna get enough out of this? And I will say that Rift Apart is is certainly worth the price of admission even if it feels like it might be a shorter game like if you kind of equate you know dollars to length of game i don't do that anymore because it just i have less time so i'm fine if as long as the experience is is really fun and entertaining like and and not super short like let's be real if it was an hour it's like okay that that was expensive but uh Rift Apart has been a lot of fun so far and I can't believe they've made this many Ratchet and Clank games and they still continue to be able to tell like a compelling story within that universe. And um, they make me care about, you know, a Lombax and his robot. And now this time I get to care about two Lombaxes, which is nice. Um, But yeah, like it's such great gameplay and this is truly like a PlayStation 5 exclusive. You are getting um, an exclusive you know, next generation experience. This feels like you're, like I say this every time we talk about Ratchet and Clank, but they've really nailed like the, <laughs> you're playing an animated film type feel where there'll be like a cutscene And then the camera just stops and you're like, oh wait, no, I can control now. And there's been various times where I'm like waiting for the controller to, to take over. And I'm like, oh no, wait, no, it's happened already. Like the game is waiting on me now you know, it's presented such a, a seamless transition. And uh, yeah, I'm having a good time with it, it uses all of the dual sense sort of controls. So like, um, it utilizes the the uh, the pressurized triggers and sort of the ability to hold the trigger down like halfway to do uh, like if you're lobbing a grenade, if you hold it down halfway, you can kind of aim, and then you pull it down all the way to throw the grenade. So like that, that frees up a button, so you're not having to like mm. hold an aim button
0: to aim and throw with two different buttons. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you're feeling yeah, it's it's it, it's utilizing all that stuff. Like you've got the you've got the the audio coming through the controller to sort of back up what's happening on the TV. So you know, is it good audio? Yes, yeah. Because I good.
0: remember, like, was it the PlayStation 4 controller that also had that same thing, the speaker in the controller? But even from like day one out of the box, it was just like crackly and broken and <laughs> terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was never as bad as the Wii. Remember that? Like, you would hold it oh, up to your yeah. ear and it's like, it sounded <laughs> it was like, like something was underwater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's gotten a lot better. And I mean, uh, I still think Astro's Playroom was a better sort of showcase of the controller but i think they've done a really good job of mapping it to ratchet and clank and it doesn't feel out of place i've never muted it and i mean like we talk about the ps4 era and we i muted that stuff right away like i think there was like audio logs they'd play through the controller and i'm like nope this is not happening guys
0: um (laughs) This is jarring and I don't like it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's just bad. And uh, no,
0: my lawn. (laughs) Exactly. But
1: in this, it feels great. It works. So like, that's, that works really well. You know, the, um, the, the way they've,
0: (laughs) I love that. That's the bar. It works. (laughs) No, I mean, like in the sense
1: that you don't, again, I did not mute it. So I think it works really well and it doesn't bug me as opposed to other implementations where it has bugged me. Uh, but like the gameplay is really solid and it feels really great. And I think if you're a fan of Ration and Clank and you're looking for something to play on your PlayStation 5, like you've probably already bought this game because it's been getting stellar reviews. And uh, yeah, I'm having a great I don't want it to end. And that's the problem because it, 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 it is a finite experience. It's not like your Ubisoft games of the world where you're like sitting there and like, well, I've got 300 more hours of Viking stuff to do. <laughs> better tuck in um there is a a sort of finite amount of content in this game um which on one on one hand is like i know i'm going to be able to i'm probably going to finish it for next week and be able to wrap up my thoughts on it but as of right now like it's just it's so it's so good so fast like you're playing at 60 frames per second with you know your your next generation you know ray tracing and all that fun stuff and it's just, uh, yeah, it feels, it feels like your, your classic ratchet experience, but they've continued to iterate on it. And I really think like insomniac is, uh, it's really good that PlayStation picked them up because they are probably going to make the PlayStation five sing over this generation. I think they're going to be the, the folks to watch out for like the new naughty dog, I guess. Like it's just, they've got something special here and, um, definitely check it out if you have a PlayStation five and, yeah, like the and the story is really good too. Like it, it offers a really good sort of continuation of this story they've been telling over the years. And uh, I hadn't realized like there hadn't been a Ratchet and Clank, you know, entry in the stories for like maybe eight years or maybe close to a decade, because the last one was a remake of the first game. Mm. So a uh, remake slash reimagining, um, and it's yeah, it's it's really it's a really fun experience and. Uh, They introduce new characters, which is always nice because like sometimes when you have a franchise that's been around for a long time, you feel like they kind of rely on the same characters. And in this case, they kind of they they focus on the core three. You have, you know, Ratchet Clank and Dr. Nefarious, who's the bad guy and they kind of push everybody else.
0: <laughs> no <the> way.
1: <laughs> yeah, the guy...
0: Someone named Doctor Nefarious is the bad guy? You're blowing my mind right now, Ryan.
1: <laughs> I know. Just wait, just wait. Do you hear the alternate Doctor Nefarious? It's Emperor Nefarious. He's even worse. <laughs> Not joking. Um Yeah. So it, it's a cartoon basically. Like if you you know, you're you're seeing this thing and you're you're basically seeing like an animated film brought to life as a video game and I think it's really good that they kind of take those core characters and they focus in on them and they push everybody else aside and then they introduce a whole new cast of characters. And yes, that new cast of characters are kind of, you know, um, sort of alternate dimension versions of those other characters, but they do it in a way where it's like they're familiar, but different enough. So anyways, when it comes to Ratchet and Clank, I, I think that, uh, this is a solid, like sort of offering within the launch window of, uh, a next generation console. But like, it, it is a it is a little bit more than that. I think this is a special game that if you are looking for something that is going to test your system and offer a truly next-gen experience, like this is the game to check out. And I think it's the first that we've had on these next generation of consoles that really spells out like a brand new experience. And I mean, I will say, I did not play Returnal, so maybe that was it for a lot of people, but... Mm for me Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart was the reason I bought a PlayStation 5 for for the launch sort of area so uh and and it lived up to those expectations I've just been having a blast as I work my way through these levels and all the guns are just you know uh, Ratchet is known for its wild variations of weapons and stuff and uh encourages you constantly to switch between them as you're running out of ammo and dealing with more enemies and just the humor of it all is really great too so yeah I uh I really liked it
0: I'm glad that it seems to be kind of living up to those expectations. It's always hard, right? When you get a a title that's like the reason you upgraded to the next generation of console, like that's a big investment. So, you know, expectations are going to be high for that game. So it seems like it's really living up to that and and making use of the of the new features without going like too far down that potential rabbit hole. So uh, look forward to seeing what you've got to say next week once you've had a, a chance to kind of wrap everything up there and uh guys if you do want to support the show if you like the content that we produce uh head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in we're looking for our featured patrons so if you'd like your name here again head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in that brings us to the news this week uh we've got a little speaking of playstation got a little bit of playstation news uh some good news for uh cyberpunk 2077 fans unless you have a baseball PlayStation 4 uh but Cyberpunk 2077 is now available again for purchase on the PlayStation. So um I mean Ryan, have you have you given this another look since you played it originally around launch? Uh
1: yeah, so what happened with Cyberpunk 2077 for me is I played it on the Xbox One X. I finished it there. But halfway through finishing, I was like, yeah, this is clearly not what was promised. And I went through the return um, system. with Right, uh, the return thing, yep. Yeah, and I ended up getting a PC version, and then I started playing that. I'm like, what am I doing? I should just finish it on (laughs) Xbox. So, um, yeah, like, I think I wasn't as impacted uh, as base PS4 and Xbox players were. And I mean, the core issue here is that, you know, Sony removed the game from their store and they've brought it back after what feels like what's been 6 7 months i think since yeah, it was taken it, down yeah it
0: feels like again and this is like pandemic time right so everything smooshes together anyway but i feel like cyberpunk came out both like yesterday and also 10 years ago <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> what do you say like 6 or 7 months i'm like really was it that long ago but also i barely remember the launch now
1: <laughs> yeah it does feel like a while ago and an- certain it feels like yesterday for for cd project red but um th- what's happened here is is interesting because it feels like nothing's yes the the sort of quality of the base ps4 version has become more playable but in order to get it to that stage a lot of people are reporting that they had to remove like a lot of the sort of extra city features like pedestrians and vehicles oh, okay to get yeah it to, yeah to run decently, To function, yeah, yeah, and there's still a message from Sony on the store saying, "Hey, this is best experienced on a PS4 Pro or a PS5. So if you have a base PS4, you're going to run into issues." So again, like, it feels like the bar for what is playable and what can be, you know, put in the PSN store has not is is not very. Yeah, it's it's not very satisfying. It's like kind of seeing this like okay, they're making a stand, like they're removing a product that is clearly not living up to expectations. But then you're basically bringing it back with yes, there's been some work done to make it more playable. But there's still this sticker of like, hey, this is not going to run as well on the base PS4. You know, there's still this this warning. It feels like they should have just done this from the beginning and not taken it away off the store. It just for yeah, it months. doesn't
0: necessarily, yeah, it doesn't necessarily seem like they have done some work, but maybe not enough because it's not like it just is playable and is awesome now on PlayStation 4. So it, it's one of those things that seems a little bit odd like if they were going to do so little work, which I mean, like it's possible that they should have just said it doesn't work on PlayStation 4 and Xbox 1, deal with it um but you know if they're gonna do so little why take it down in the first place why not just put the little asterisks beside it on day one and say you can buy it for playstation 4 but it's gonna be crap yeah. <laughs> like because it kind of feels like they've just resigned themselves to that at this point point. and i mean i don't know they they wa- I obviously they want to make their money and yeah this doesn't make me feel very confident as a consumer which I guess is the point of a disclaimer right is this is what you're supposed to stay away from but yeah. I guess this this does now if you do have a base PlayStation 4 and you do want to play cyberpunk then this gives you at least the option to purchase it and uh I mean Sony's just covering their butts
1: exactly I think I think this is definitely a Sony cover in their butts and and maybe CD Project Red wanted to have the the PS4 version in a in a better sort of state before bringing it back because they knew like once it was removed from the store it's like we got to make sure maybe Sony said like oh just do xyz and we'll let you put it back up but CD Project was like no the damage has been done you took it down we need to make sure when it comes back it is a solid um, base PS4 experience and you know, CD Projekt Red's been through a lot. They had that major sort of um, that hack, where a lot of the, the source code was was stolen for this game. A lot of stuff was stolen, and uh, they're still working through that mess. And I, they just they've had a rough last year, and um, I think this specific scenario is is a sign of them on the road to recovery. They've still committed to continuing to make the base PS4 experience a better experience. Um, And they say there's still work to be done. But I think essentially what this is being sort of positioned as is like, okay, we have the next generation version coming in the second half of 2021. We need to get this back on the PSN store so that people can start buying it so that they're ready for the next generation version update in the second half of the year. So this allows them to basically say like, you can start playing now on your PS4 and then you can, you know, move it over to the next gen version when you have your PS5. It it allows them to basically start taking money for that next gen upgrade that is coming down the road. So it it didn't mm-hmm. probably make sense from a business perspective to leave it off the store any longer when you're probably going to have that next gen version launching in the fall. So yeah. Um they probably just said like this is probably the we can't wait any longer
0: type phase yeah, it's so. the time to get it out there yeah that's mm-hmm. fair i guess um we also got a little bit of a tease i guess that ea might be reviving dead space oh, this man. is one of the super scary zombies in space games that i never went near because i thought it would really actually scare me <laughs>
1: <laughs> it probably yeah it probably would and and here's the thing um some folks in discord were surprised that i liked dead space and and i love dead space that whole franchise yes scary but it's a it's a game that gives you the tools to deal with that scary you know it's not like resident evil where you're you're being chased by these monsters and you have no defense like in in Mm. dead space like yeah it's tense there's some inventory management there's some resource management i
0: feel like Whenever people have recommended Dead Space to me, it's with this, like, little evil giggle attached. Like, yeah, Joss, you should play Dead Space. <laughs> and I'm like, no! Why would you do that? Why would you say that? It just, I don't know, man. I, I feel like this is the kind of game that I might make, m- like, get through half of the first level and then just run away crying. So, Yeah. I'm glad some people are excited about this.
1: <laughs> the game just had such great atmosphere. Like you were alone. It's, you know, what it felt like it Yeah, felt you're like,
0: alone in space with zombies. You're huh? alone until you're not.
1: <laughs> yeah. The zombies are there. And, and I mean, they found a way to take, uh, what, you know, Dead Space 1 was, was very much like new IP. You were a, um, the, the cool concept of it was like, you were a space miner and all your weapons were sort of positioned as well these were originally like mining tools you know like the equivalent of being on a construction site and using a nail gun to fend off zombies uh but obviously this being the future like all the weapon all the equipment you're using for for mining in space is like they're basically weapons they're giant like laser cutters and stuff so you know they took that concept they made you like the sole sort of person to kind of try to get out of this you know um derelict space station and they removed the other concept they removed all the ui and they put it all sort of on your character so like your health was sort of like the lights down your spine and stuff on Mm -hmm. the back of the character it was so cool and they've managed to make two more of them and kind of like stick with that like look and feel of sound design and monsters and stuff. So the fact that this, this might be seeing a revival um, and being announced at EA play on July 22nd, this is a this is a rumor right now, but yeah, uh, yeah. EA motive is supposedly working on a revival project that appears to be dead space. And that is exciting because I think when we look at franchises sort of left in the dust by EA dead space is up there you know (laughs) so this is exciting i we don't normally include rumors on the show because we like to the outside of nintendo switch stuff uh (laughs) we like to basically until it's real then we'll talk about it but i'm making an exception (laughs) for dead space
0: yeah (laughs) well i'm glad you're excited about it and uh we'll have to see what actually comes from those rumors you said july 22nd is when ea's doing their thing
1: Yep. so in a month's time, we will be talking about all the fun EA projects and, you know, fingers crossed for a Dead Space update, fingers crossed for a Mass Effect update, maybe. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Oh, Ryan. I know. (sighs) Don't get my hopes up because, you know, the only update that I want is multiplayer for Mass Effect 3. So (laughs) that's the only update I need out of the Mass Effect trilogy. Let's just leave it at that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well. We'll see. They have said that if there's a call out, maybe it'll happen.
0: Yeah, we shall definitely see. So uh, do you want to tell me why uh, kids are dancing with (laughs) Luigi and Mario and then walking up the wall? Yeah. (laughs) uh, This this, this seems crazy. Like, it's, it's one of those commercials that is just so nintendo <laughs> but uh we're getting the the lego mario stuff right
1: <laughs> yeah so they are continuing to make more of these uh lego mario sets and uh we already talked about is luigi the ship
0: new the ship is new right
1: yeah the ship is new um i thought that, that was, was
0: really <laughs> badass <laughs> i know
1: but the problem is is it's probably i think it was like heralded as like the most the they don't talk about the cost lego never talks about the cost but they talk about man this is the the mario set with the most bricks and stuff so like this is the point where it comes out at the end of the trailer so i i have to pre-watch these trailers and then like i i cut the video before the airship shows up because that's probably a 150 fifty dollar set if not more
0: i at least yeah because <laughs> this is so the the lego mario stuff is all of the the interactive lego 2 right like it's not just like Lego blocks.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's all interactive. So it all works together. And I think the big part of this this uh, this latest trailer was kind of showing off the co-op. And, you know, they announced, you know, Lego Luigi a couple months ago. And mm-hmm. they kind of did hint at there being some opportunities to play co-op, not just, you know, being able to play as Luigi. So this trailer kind of like goes in that direction where you are playing sort of cooperatively And competitively uh, with Mario and Luigi. So that's like a really exciting sort of concept to look at. Because I think that was one of the core issues I had is, you know, I have two kids of an age that want to play with these Lego sets. But we only have one Mario. Mm. Um, So, you know, we've obviously pre-ordered the Lego Luigi just so we can have two of them. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, both, you know, Caden and Abigail are stoked that they're going to be able to play together. I haven't shown them this trailer yet. So I think they're even going to be more excited that they can kind of play together dance on the walls to, yeah i i don't know like it's weird all the lego commercials that nintendo's done with uh the lego mario stuff has been pretty like straightforward and just kids playing with lego and then this one's like let's have them dancing on the walls and, <laughs> you know and then the parent comes the in dad
0: thinking he's had to like too much coffee or not enough i wasn't really sure what the coffee mug glance was but i think it was like
1: what's in this coffee is in like who spiked my drink or it's not sunday morning why is why is this happening or i don't know i don't know what's insinuating like uh but he uh and then he and then he goes away so like it's weird like he he looks at his coffee as if like something's wrong with this beverage um it, it, like his kids dancing on the wall is this unheard of thing and he leaves and then he and then you just expect oh typical ad parent just like shows up, wonders what's going on and leaves Shit. the scene.
0: Shenanigans are happening and then leaves. Yeah, <laughs> like... It's like this isn't my fault well, if I leave right like... now. <laughs> right? <laughs> I saw nothing. <laughs> yeah, basically.
1: Uh, you know, and then he comes back and basically what he's done is he's run to the latest like Target or Walmart or whatever and bought this giant airship to to like say don't you be dancing on those walls I just cleaned them. <laughs> Now I'm going to clean your clock with this airship. And it, I, I don't know. Like It, it, <laughs> it looks expensive. And he yeah. probably could have just asked his kids to stop dancing on the walls. That might have been a cheaper option than to go buy a giant airship. But you know what? I don't know. Maybe this is how ads work
0: now. I, I have no idea. I mean, it looked interesting. And then it got weird. And <laughs> then they, yeah, then they told me it was gonna be money and i was like okay i'll let ryan buy this and we'll see how it goes Because I, <laughs> com- I know ryan's buying this <laughs>
1: i've committed to buying the the lego luigi set which is honestly comes with a, a good chunk of additional content and it does look like some of the cooperative stuff that they showcased in this trailer is part of that uh essentially second the starter luigi. pack yeah yeah so yeah, I, I mean, well, you who know. guys,
0: Luigi, and not Mario. So <laughs> exactly,
1: like, I think, I think the Mario, poor Luigi. <laughs> yeah, poor poor Luigi. Although you know what, I I think like I'm excited to see them kind of you know continue down that rabbit hole of like, okay, maybe every year we release like a new starter pack because I think the value of those starter packs is really is is the best value in terms of getting Mm -hmm. into these the actual activity of playing the lego like if you're looking for oh i want a lego version of yoshi a lego version of um the piranha and wiggler and stuff like that you are having to buy a bunch of sets but if you just want like the activity you can just buy the starter pack and be done and if you're buying a new starter pack every year to get new characters That is a really good value. So if they come out with like a Peach starter pack next year, so you're now being able to play as Lego Peach and you've got all new sort of variety of starter sets to to play with, like they could keep going with this for quite a while, you know? Um,
0: Well, it must be selling well if if they have that many, like I guess supplementary characters and kits that they've created. I, I mean, they must be doing well. Otherwise, they would have dropped it, right? So, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, I think uh, saying that there's going to be more sets in the years to come is probably a wise prediction.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they're on a path of like, they're releasing two waves each year. So this is like, this is the, the, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it, it it's the third wave overall. And there'll probably be another one in January of next year. So they'll, if they keep to that same sort of path so um yeah definitely definitely don't go all in and buy every set thinking like okay i've got them all like they've very much proven that they're interested in continuing to turn these out so we've strategically bought ones we we buy like sort of the low tier ones um like we don't buy the big like if we bought the big set then it'd be like we have nowhere to put this stuff but if you buy the smaller ones they're easier to fit into like a little little plastic container and you can kind of like keep them contained But if you're buying, like, the Bowser's castles and the Boo's mansions of the world, like, you got to have a whole room for this stuff, (laughs) you know? So we don't have that kind of space. We just uh, just buy the smaller sets.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Uh, We have one more story tonight. Uh, It looks like Microsoft is making stealth upgrades to their cloud gaming, but they're, like, not owning up to it, which it feels like if you were making big hardware changes this would be the kind of thing you'd want to shout from the rooftops. so i'm a little bit confused about where microsoft is coming from in this story so um users have basically noticed a big performance boost in xbox cloud gaming and then uh one person on twitter sent a screenshot out of their video controls showing uh i think it was rainbow siege 6 or something. Uh, Playing at 120 frames per second, which is not possible on the Xbox One X or sorry, One S server blades that Xbox Cloud Gaming launched with. So it seems like they might be upgrading to the newer tech that's uh, more of a Series X thing. They're they're not telling anyone, and then the official company statement came out and said, basically, we're always testing new things and always trying to imp- improve cloud gaming. When we have things to tell you, we'll tell you. But that was it, and I'm like, what? Why wouldn't you be shouting this from the rooftops if you made crazy big upgrades and made your service better?
1: Yeah, maybe they're at a stage where they can't confirm like everybody who tries to access it is going to get like a Series X server blade. Um, but this uh, is so
0: it's more of like a a some some people get it, some people don't, so we don't want to make the have nots feel bad, <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know, like I feel like this is them ramping up to have the um the series x blades run series x uh sort of experiences and then leaving the one s blades for pretty much everything else um and and i mean that is the promise uh, that's the promise of cloud gaming is basically giving you the best experience best hardware yeah and and i think the i think we're going to get that from microsoft uh, eventually like i think they're they're approaching this cloud gaming in, in a very um i like the way they're approaching it in that they're doing it in phases they're not overcommitting they're kind of just they're just doing it step by step you know we have the the beta for the iOS version right now, there's talk of... I, I could have sworn this was a news story that I had heard already where in September they were committing to the Series X server blades and bringing the iOS uh, version out of beta. But that might have been just like a report, and then this is just further proof that it's going to be happening sooner rather than later. But mm-hmm. this is this is the future of xCloud, is, is running on the best hardware that microsoft has for their games and then offering that to everybody with an xbox game pass subscription so you know we're gonna we're gonna see this eventually this is not a question of if this is a matter of when um and i think like that is that is for me critical when you're playing a cloud like if you want to log into a game real quick on your phone you want it to be loading fast you want to have that best version so that you can get in get out you know, like the idea of being able to quickly complete a challenge or, um, you know, even the way I've been using it, like I've, it's not Cloud, but it's just the remote play for your Xbox is Mm -hmm. like, if I'm, if I've got like, Oh, I've got some time, I'm just going to load up Mass Effect and run through some conversations. Like I just finished a mission last night. So now I'm on break. I'm going to go in and just talk to my crew and, and cue, you know, get through those conversations so that when in the evening I have more time, I can go, then go. You and can do, do a the
0: actual combat. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That's a really cool like use case. Something I never really thought much about.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I I just have my headphones on, so like they're you know Bluetooth to the phone, so I can kind of just set the phone aside and and like you know cue up those conversations and listen through them, and it's worked quite well. Like just to kind of keep. Keep me focused on Mass Effect. I am still committed to actually finishing that that trilogy. Uh, you know, so I'm. I think I'm still. I'm still halfway through Mass Effect Two. It slowed down a little bit as I uh, yeah look at other experiences. But yeah, I like the idea of having, you know, this cloud gaming option. You know, on the table. I don't see myself using it all the time. But one of the one of the core features that'll that'll make it really interesting is is being able to quickly jump into like a series X game without having to download it. Like I think just to even Mm -hmm. try it, you know? So I'm excited that Microsoft's moving forward with this. And I, and I want to hear from people who aren't buying a series X, but, but now may have the ability to play series X games on their Xbox one, you know, like that is a use case that that will eventually come to fruition. Right. So we're getting there for sure.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what Microsoft has to say. Sounds like we might be getting uh, an announcement from them sooner rather than later. And as soon as there is more to tell, we will let you guys know. But that is going to do it for us this week. If you'd like to join in the conversations, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at JocPlays. Ryan is at our Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.